What's up to all my podcast listeners? Is y'all all right? <laughs> you are about to get ready to listen to, honestly, what I think is an amazing podcast that is just starting out. It is Edu 2020. We know that the 2020 election is right around the corner and we got to get Trump's ass out of here. That's just the truth. Let me make that very frank and clear. <laughs> and so we have to make sure that education is a priority in this election. And if we are going to make that happen, we have to figure out what these candidates have done in the education field and analyze that so that we can make a decision. So before we even talk about their current platforms and what their promises are, let's actually dig into who they are as people and what they have done for our kids and our babies already, if anything. It's also important to note, Good Trouble Media does not own any of the audio that is used in this podcast. None of it. Leave us alone. We're just telling the story. So I want you to sit back, relax. It's going to be a long year, but it's important work, and we got to get it done. Edu 2020, let's go. Welcome, I guess, to Edu 2020. This is like, I'm talking to this camera. This is so interesting that I'm talking to y'all like this. This was not supposed to be <laughs> the, how the visual podcast is supposed to come about. But, you know, like, I'm just going to keep it real and honest. I think the best way to bring in any viewer is like authenticity. And the truth is, I just got off of work. The second truth is, um, there's some equipment that is still on the way. Um, the third truth is, I'm drinking at the same time. So when I think about the shows of Good Trouble Media, I'm thinking that, you know, Common Sense Podcast is like that podcast you listen to on the way to work. And you're like, yeah, I want to get, you know, like inspired and thrilled. And the first five is one of those shows you listen to on your lunch break when you like want some affirmation, when you want some direction, when you want some, uh, some inf like some inspiration, like that's, that's the first five. And then you have Edge of 2020, which is like the hot mess of the three to me right now, uh <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want y'all to see the vision. Um, and the come up is going to be incredible. I cannot wait. Just stick with me. Um, and we're going to do this. I'm a teacher by trade. And I want y'all to know that my biggest purpose and mission is to show people that you don't have to leave the classroom to make the impact that you want to make on a larger systematic scale, on a global scale, you don't have to do that. You really just need a camera, a light, a damn microphone, and a glass of pineapple juice. We are about to discuss if Andrew Yang 
based on his history, could be a great leader for America's schools if elected as president of the United States. So if you're new here, you know that we do this show in two phases. The first phase, you know, we break down the candidate's history um, and what contributions they've made to the education field. The next uh, phase is we sit down with educators from across the country and we break down the platforms of those presidential candidates from a teacher perspective. And so we're currently in phase one at this moment. You know, I wanted to start off with Andrew because he's one of those non-traditional candidates and this is a non-traditional show. (laughs) So um, let's go ahead and start with him. Hello, I'm Andrew Yang and I'm running for president as a Democrat in 2020. I believe I have the right vision, priorities, and values to improve the lives of millions of Americans. Seven years ago, I started Venture for America to train hundreds of young entrepreneurs to build businesses in Detroit, Cleveland, Baltimore, and other communities across the country. So Andrew Yang is a young entrepreneur from New York. He threw his hat in the race um, in November 2017 for president of the United States. Before he did Ventures of America, he was making a significant contribution to the education sector. I had taken classes with Kaplan in the past for SATs and um, I found that I needed something that pushed the bar a little higher. I investigated all the different programs out there, Kaplan, Princeton Review, Testmasters, and talked to as many people as I could who did those different programs, and just got the feeling that the Manhattan GMAT had the strongest content by far, as well as the best instructors. My decision to stay with Manhattan GMAT was based on not only the content and the curriculum, but also the excellence of the teachers. I didn't want to learn tricks to beat the test. I wanted to learn how to do the test correctly and know the concepts to take the test. So, you know, before Andrew became, you know, the Ventures of America guy, he was a test prep guy. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not talking about, you know, the standardized test that we use, you know, in K to 12, but I'm talking about the GMAT, the business exam um, that graduate students take when they're trying to get their MBA. My good friend, Andrew, (laughs) he has never taken the GMAT, but he did meet a guy who was a tutor and he found a really unique opportunity to create Manhattan GMAT, which became a test prep empire. Uh, well, those who, people who are familiar with the GMAT probably uh, would imagine we were a test prep company that helped people uh, prepare for the test to get into business school. Uh, so most of our customers were the U.S. and Canada, um, but we, we had a following um, in Asia and Europe as well. And so when you go through this test prep, it was, a, was it a website people would go through and, and learn and take, you know, dummy questionnaires, that kind of stuff? Um, well, we, we had digital offerings. We had online courses. But uh, the bulk of our revenue and business consisted of in-person classes and tutoring with about 100 of the best teachers in, in uh, the world, really. Um, so that was, our sweet spot was that we would identify um, the best test prep and GMAT instructors in the world, pay them $100 an hour base, uh, and uh, they had to have a 99th percentile 
score on the GMAT, which was a 760 out of 800. Um, for reference, the average at Harvard Business School is a 720. So you found brilliant test takers who were phenomenal teachers, uh, and most of that was done in person. Um, so uh, the bulk of our business consisted of people showing up to um, classes in cities around the country. And, and you know, and I, I mean, I say country, most of our business um, in person was in the U.S., but we had classes in, in Europe and Canada. I love listening to that clip because Andrew just is so casual with it. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, we had businesses in Canada, right? Like they were really capitalizing off of a need, which was people who, you know, fell into this incredible marketing plan that you get to you know, be taught by a teacher who passed the very test that you're trying to take in the 99th percentile and are incredible teachers. Um, and so on top of like overemphasizing, I love how he overemphasizing overemphasizes paying teachers a hundred dollars an hour, right? Or, you know, like, like these tutors. I know that teachers are undervalued um and underpaid, and I'm going to do my part in order to make my voice or my my image, you know, sort of ref- reflect this value that teachers should be paid what they're worth for their value. Um, I just always cringe at the fact that it's a test prep company, but, you know, sort of what can you do? So they created, you know, Manhattan Prep. And of course, you know, like any business, there's competition. And so the one and only Kaplan comes along. If you're trying to sell it, yo sell it to us (laughs) and so what ends up happening is they end up accepting the offer and they sell manhattan prep for eight times its worth which i want to say was around 11 million 11 million dollars they sell it to kaplan and their success so when we get back from this very 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 tiny short break we're going to talk about Andrew Yang's relationship with Zeke, because that's where it gets rather interesting for me. We'll be right back. It's Edu 2020. So I know that you know that the Common Sense Podcast is back and you know we need your questions. So send your questions to www.commonsensepod.com or send this to our email at commonsensepod at gmail.com. We know you got some questions for us. Send them. We would love to answer them and re-engage with our audience because, you know, we're back and we're so excited. We'll see you on September 30th for the next episode of Common Sense Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. So we're talking about the one and only Andrew Yang and his contribution, you could say, to the education field, which was a multi-million dollar test prep company that hired teachers who passed the GMAT, which is the business exam when you're trying to get into business school, in the 99th percentile. He didn't do this alone. He met a guy named Zeke Vanderhoek in a Starbucks one day. <laughs> um, and they got to talking. Zeke was a tutor for the GMAT. And he pretty much invited Andrew on to sort of create some curriculum. And they eventually formed a partnership. 
so what I found out was that Zeke is also a Teach for America alumnus as well. Um, and so while they're working and they're doing this company, Zeke kind of takes a step back because he decides he wants to open up an innovative charter school in New York City. Take a listen to Andrew rave about the innovative charter school that Zeke decides to open. You know, I was running the business at this point for like four years, and and Zeke had started a charter school for underprivileged kids in um, Morningside Heights in, in Manhattan, um, which is incredible. Uh, you know, it's like I'm a huge supporter of his school. Um, people might find this interesting. So the, the reason why his school was an innovation and different is that it pays teachers $125,000 a year uh, to start um, with the premise that superior teaching leads to better results and that in order to get superior teaching, you need to pay more. Um, and it does this on the same budget as any other school by lifting out administrative costs and non-teacher uh, uh, staff. So Zeke, the principal, gets paid less than the teachers, again, with the premise being that the teachers are more important than the principal anyway. Um, so so he started this school, and so he was getting further and further from the business. So that's right. So Zeke is starting this charter school that is paying teachers something that is really unheard of in our profession, which is over $125,000 base, whatever. I'm like, wow. Wow. Here we are again, another theme that shows up, which is higher teacher pay and valuing the work that teachers do. So that really sums up (laughs) the contribution that Andrew Yang has made to the education profession prior to his announcement as a candidate for president of the United States. He started a test prep company. He made a ton of money from it. He sold it to Kaplan for eight times his worth. Meanwhile, building a relationship with Zeke, who's a Teach for America alumnus and now a founder, CEO, maybe maybe slash principal, not sure he's still the principal of a quote-unquote innovative charter school in New York City that pays teachers over $125,000, um, which matches what they did at Manhattan GMAT, which was paying teachers over $100 an hour for the teaching hours that they put in. And so, my friends, listen, it just kind of brings me to think about these two questions. And the two questions are, what implications, if any, does Andrew Yang's history of helping to start and build a multi-million dollar test prep company say about his thoughts on education, right? A test that he didn't even take. Like, this is just an opportunity for him. But what are the implications on his education policy? I think Andrew, who has, you know, shown himself as a guy of ideas, sort of has a history of being an opportunist. Um, he does not have a history of showing his understanding of equity issues that we have in education, equity issues that, you know, show up before kids and adults can even make it to the test. You know what I'm saying? Um, I personally feel that the only thing that really stands out here is the fact that he has shown an interest in higher teacher pay, which we know is a huge issue 
in the 2020 election, people who are coming to the table to talk about education have to know that teachers deserve to be paid for the simply for the work that we put in. You know, the amount of overtime, unpaid overtime that teachers put in is completely ridiculous on top of the complex job that we set out to do every single day. I mean, the fact that there are teachers out here who have to work two, three jobs just to make ends meet is completely ridiculous. And Andrew Yang has a history of paying teachers and supporting people who pay teachers their worth. That could show up in some real policy in the future. It could. It could. But so could Andrew Yang's reliance on test data, right? You know, I feel like that's a reach, though, because the GMAT and, like, um, the standardized tests that we take kind of are different. Maybe so. I go back and forth with it. It's it's a complex topic. But, you know, I feel like his success with this test company could show up in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. What do you guys think? Please let me know about that. The second question that shows up for me is, you know, what could Andrew Yang's affiliation with Zeke mean for future education policy and who he appoints? We know that as much as Teach for America has evolved over the years, I mean, I'm a Teach for America um, alumnus, and... I've seen the company on a grassroots level make strides to clean up some of the 1990s garbage that was being put out. But we know that Teach for America still has a long way to go to clean up its public image. And so I wouldn't be totally surprised if Andrew Yang gets the nomination, gets to be president of the United States, and then he brings on Zeke because that's his right-hand man. And how would that look? For the public, you know, to then take on a TFA person in the White House, you know, like my union people are not going to be happy about that. I I know that for sure. (laughs) They're not going to be happy about that. Zeke's history of paying teachers $125,000 could make waves, could make waves. I often think about what... One thing that also stood out for me in that conversation about Zeke is kind of eliminating some of the administrative roles and putting teachers in those roles. Y'all know I've talked about that a million different ways, a million different times. I don't think that principals are necessary all the time. I don't think that a million different administrators in a building is necessary. Teachers, teacher leaders, like we can take that on and pay us what we're worth. I just wonder about the experiences of the people who work at this charter school, um, like what they would say about, you know, the day-to-day work life. Because when I think of high pay and I think of charter, I think of no autonomy. I think of like hellish conditions. Like I don't get good vibes from it because that's just been my experience as a teacher who's been teaching for five years. If this means anything, I'm looking at the <laughs> at the glass door reviews. I I you know you take these with a grain of salt because the only reason why people will post a glass door review is when they're pissed. 
but they have about three stars. Lots of collaboration. They say lots of collaboration, excellent, excellent salary, fair benefits, strong leadership, long hours, but can't complain about the salary. Long hours. I see that again. The whole school is set up like just know that discrimination is very much a part of the school's mission. Interesting. Cluttered office. Oh, girl. I've, my classroom is cluttered, okay? Uh, <laughs> poor planning. Lots of confusion. Long hours. Well, of course, right? Like, glass door. You take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, I just often wonder, if you work at the new equity project and you want to pop up in Edge of 2020, let us know your experience. Please do. But, you know, I just often wonder sort of what Zeke's philosophy could then mean for education policy if he was to bring him on. But I I would be shocked if he if Andrew Yang didn't bring Zeke on because they met together. They built this company together. And he, you know, basically got Andrew Yang off the ground. So, yeah, we'll see. And now comes my favorite part, which is when I where I take a moment to reflect and I give a grade to the presidential candidate based on their contributions to America's schools, teachers, and students prior to their presidential announcement. So, my friends, I am going to give Andrew Yang a C minus. As a entrepreneur and capitalist, one thing that stands out for me is he truly values teachers. Um, he values and knows the hard work that we put into our profession, to our job, and he knows that we need to be paid our coins, run us our money immediately. Andrew Yang knows that. On the other side, though, only having experience, you know, in a test prep company which later became, you know, Ventures. Well, not, it didn't become, but he then created Ventures of America, which took um, the highest performing uh, graduates, you know, and placed them with entrepreneurs so that they can then learn how to run their own business. You know, like, I get that. You know, but Andrew Yang is just like a real life capitalist, you know? And I, I, when I think about what our school system, our American school system needs, I know that it's not more capitalism. <laughs> it just isn't. Um, and that's what his record shows, that he is an opportunist and that he knows, you know, he has some good values. He values education, but I don't know if he'll be willing to give schools the things that they need based on what he's done, based on what he's done. I don't know if he'll be willing to give schools the things that they need to make it an evil level, even leveled playing field, particularly for schools that are historically marginalized. Um, he has not shown me equity in his work in the past. So what grade would you give Andrew Yang? Comment 
I would say comment below, but you're just listening. Uh, tweet it to me at President Pat or at GoodTrouble.media. And let me know, what do you think about Andrew Yang's test prep company, Manhattan Prep? What do you think about his relationship with Zeke? What do you think about him paying teachers $100, over $100 for tutoring or over or supporting Zeke for um, paying teachers over $100,000 in New York? I got to know. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been fun, honestly. <laughs> it took a while to get started, but you know what? We are here. We are about to dig into these presidential candidates. Share this episode with any and everybody because we have to make sure that education is a priority in this election. And the only way to do that is to ask the right questions, to analyze these candidates and their stories. And we're going to figure this thing out together because the next president has to be a good leader for our schools, teachers, and students. So with that, thank you so much for listening to Edge of 2020, and I'll see you next week for the first five. We back at it. It's Good Trouble Media, and it's Edge of 2020. I'll see you next time.